Hey everybody, it's 8 o'clock. If you're listening to Mutiny Radio, it would usually be the Comedy Clubhouse with, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we'd be doing comedy for each other and making each other laugh, but that is not happening now. Uh, Nathan just called, Nathan Lowe, on the last show, Happy Hour, thanks for doing that. He's going to eat a pizza, he'll be back. We're hanging out, listening to music. Uh, if you want to call in, 415-550-0511, please do that. And other than that, we're listening to fun music. And don't come down here, <laughs> but definitely call in because you're not supposed to leave. And I'm trying to, you know, be follow the rules. But we're still here at Mutiny Radio because radio is essential. We're a media outlet. Maybe if any news comes out, I'll tell you what it is. But really, there has no good news is good good news with Gary Ganu. Do you remember that from the Muppets, Muppet Show? Yeah, I remember. Thanks for listening. If you are, just to time stamp it, it's 3-20-2020 at 8 o'clock, day five of the shelter-in-place corona stay. You guys should all call in with your news. What is your news around the house? What is yeah. your news around... How are you What is your holding news? it together? Personal. Because I'm, uh, yeah. Come, uh, just give us a call. I mean, what else are we doing? <sighs> uh, well, we're going to listen to more music. We got ABBA, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, there's some other.
Screw the mamas and papas. I was like, I want to listen to that. Oh, oh, I have a phone call again. All right, all right. I was going to play something else, but here we go. Oh, where's my headphones? Oh, here we go. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Hello, oh, caller. Oh, hello, Pam. Who's this? Uh, well, you like to guess, so go ahead. Is this Pancake? Um, yep. Oh, all right. Where are you? I'm at work. You're at work. Oh, wow. So you're going to be at work for like the next 50 hours or something. Uh, till Sunday night. Oh, wow. My usual uh, shift. Oh, that's... Friday morning to Sunday morning, but... I need more money, and so I asked for more hours, and guess what? Yeah. They gave them to me. There you go. Oh, till Sunday but, night. Uh, That's so hardcore. Yeah. I don't feel like as much of a, a bum now because uh, I'm like the only people working right now, and I, I feel like I'm not actually going to get a, a handout. A handout? What kind of handout? Oh, you know, right, because you actually still have a job. You can't, you're not doing unemployment, like, uh, and you're saying, oh, I, I got you. Oh, wow. Yeah, like yeah. everyone else gets this vacation, and they're like, oh, no, I have to go on vacation and stay in my house. And you're like, I'm essential work. <laughs> you know, Pam, I hope it is what they say it is and not just, uh, a trial run to see how how much they can get away with uh, not not having to squeeze any triggers or or uh, clench any fists to get us to do what they want us to do. Right. Um, and you just have to uh, introduce a a little more fear and give them um, a script. Right. And we are so easily moved around. Well, the, tr uh, the trick is to motivate us through fear, but not so much fear that we panic. Because panic breeds uh, uh, un, un, um, behavior that's uh, inconsistent. Like people, 
that's the only thing that's scary is when people start having like unpredictable behavior. And so they're trying to mm -hmm. make us have predictable behavior. But just enough fear. Because too much fear, and then, ooh, uh oh. Ooh, wee. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, I really could use that uh, extra money, though. If everyone's getting it, you know. I'm not getting anything yet. 1200 I don't care. Anything. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, have you have you talked about uh, any updates? No, not really any updates. They haven't been saying anything on the internet. Everything it's kind of been all quiet on the Western Front. It's been no good news is good good news with Gary Gnu, like nothing, no real updates. Everything seems really quiet to be honest. Like they're squeezing our Facebook feeds. They're squeezing what information we can get. They're, I mean. I don't know. I'm still here. I don't know what's going on. I'm living in a world of my own creation, so whoopity do. I'm thinking about having a drink tonight. I haven't had a drink in a lot in a while. And I I'm thinking about getting someone um this is the night that JW Megaweg show is here and he gave me a pound of C's candy. Yay! So I have a pound of chocolate. Mm. So I can't be sad because I love chocolate. So that was nice. You got that today? Yeah, he brought it by. So a lot of people did their shows today on Mutiny Radio. The noon show, uh, the weekly review with Roman Reimer, he came in and did uplifting music and, you know, news. And then I was here from 2 to 4, took some phone calls. Uh, Lisa Westerling called in, Gary Hughes, uh, Detox. And then 4 to 6, it was the JW Megaweg show, and he did his show and um, that was fun. And then I was here from, from 6 to 8, like nobody called in. Nathan called in at the end. But I just played a lot of music. And now I'm here and you're calling. So that was my whole day. <laughs> wow. Wow, I know. And I just played a lot of music, which I don't usually do. And, you know, just trying to drop the gems or not. I, I mean... The thing for me is I don't know what else to, I don't know what else to do with my life. Like, I can't just be at home. And, and I, and it, I mean, I grappled with like, is being here important is, you know, so I got to talk to five people on the phone today and other people can listen in. Is that important? Is, is that, I mean, I guess if you're affecting people in a small way, it affects them. And I feel better like that. I wasn't just sitting at home today working on my yeah. novel. <laughs> Anything that can normalize the situation yeah. can bring some, uh, familiarity I mean people called in and told you what they're doing how they're managing yeah. all of this um, I do know some things like New York is about to be quarantined on a full scale really um, yeah they have the military there uh oh I don't like uh, that. This is definitely, uh, from an outsider's perspective, it seems like this is going to be m way more than two or three weeks. Oh, no. Maybe maybe three months. No. And, and it could turn really intense. No. I don't want, no. This is like. But that's coming from someone who lives in Barcelona oh. right now. I trust the news coming out of, like, 
other places, but I also feel like they're squashing our news feeds. They're, they know which way we imbibe information, and they're shutting down the algorithms that help us to see what's really happening so that we can – so they're making us look really hard if we want to know what's mm-hmm. truly going on rather than in the past it's just been sort of given to us. Someone was – Detox was saying today that they continually – I don't have a smartphone, so I don't get these crazy up texty updates, but that – there have been text updates to say they're about to release this information, but the text first is more is scarier than what they actually release. So it's almost like they're doing uh-huh. a social manipulation thing to be like, be afraid, be afraid, but not as afraid. See, everything's okay. See, we thought it was going to be a big deal, but it was less. But that's like the social engineering they're putting at the top, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. boy. And when we're trying to look for... I mean, if you look at the BBC, you look at around the world, like how this is spreading and what's going on. I mean, what's the bigger here's picture? Here's my friend. Here's how my friend sees it. Um, they're either making this look worse than it is, mm. or it was actually a bioweapon that week. Ooh. Um, See, isn't that, wouldn't that be either, interesting if it was actually, if this was all a huge cover-up for something else? But that it started, yeah. but that's the thing, if it started in China, did we set it off? Like, oh, shit, bro. That's really fucked up. I mean, but all that kind of, there's, I mean, I don't want to say, but they've been lying to us for years, so what, and that, they're definitely not telling us the whole truth right now. But then again, they can't, right? Because if they do, we'll all panic. If if you give us too much information, we'll hang our, you know what I mean? Like you you give us too much rope, we'll hang ourselves with it. So it's almost like you got to dole it out bit by bit so that we don't have crazy looting in the streets or whatever. I feel like we've been partying on the precipice this entire time. And uh, people fall off the cliff, um, and no one's really paying attention to how close we're getting. It's just a, a, a crowd on on the mouth of um, the Grand Canyon, <laughs> and we're we're all mingling and and having a great time, but we're so close to the edge, and no one knows. Um, uh, the the people in charge know and they have the forewarning and and that's how they can drop their their failing stocks or (laughs) that's how they know they're crawling to their bunker right selfish prick Um, the stock market is exploding yeah I know my I was saying earlier to someone else my 401k Oh, geez, my 401k. But whatever. I mean, was any of that money real anyway? Like, when we've been putting all this money aside and it's all digital and it's in a check and it's not, like, what the fuck, man? Like, how come some people get bigger numbers and some people get smaller numbers? And right now, there's no money anywhere, so how are we all going to do stuff? Do we just start giving stuff away? Are people going to be cool? We still have to pay rent? Like, oh, my God, what if we all through this realize that money is a farce and that everybody can have everything and that the whole division of people was all just a made-up construct? Oh, how dare Mm -hmm. we? 
You're onto something there, Pam. Maybe. What was that movie that came out years and years ago, The Zeitgeist, and there was like The Zeitgeist 2, and they're like, none of us have to have money. None of us have to make money. We can all, there's enough stuff everywhere for all of us. But when we pretend that people in China aren't people or we, like, enslave Bangladeshi people so we can have a nice pair of jeans and then all of a sudden everybody's dying of some crazy disease, it's like, oh, are we all one people? Really? Oh. Yes. It's a sexy voice. Oh. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had time to watch that yet. I did watch uh, The Westworld last night. It was, like, the first thing I've watched on screen in a long time. And I, I enjoyed it very, mm. very much. So, that's one of that, those distraction points. Distraction points. Well, and that, that show actually just makes me think more of what's happening right now because it's so, because Westworld is such a deep show and the story is so intense and it's so thinly veiled between what is real and what is not real and what does money do and who is AI and is AI real and what is consciousness and all of that stuff. So, I'm, I'm down with all that stuff. <laughs> um, the thing is with all of this is they're they're seeing how far they can push around using medical martial law. You know, well, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Of, Something about medical. Repeat that. I didn't get it. Um. So you're, you're, whatever you're saying is too much truth because you're breaking up. Like, honestly, it's getting like every time you try to speak. So they must be listening to us. Say it one more time. Seriously, it's totally, there's, there's garble. It won't let you say what you want to say, whatever's happening. The phone lines, I hope they're not tapped. Uh, well, everything's tapped. Is it? Well, whatever you said about medical, still, we didn't get it. This whole week is just to find out who the the squawking um, truth talkers are. The squawking truth I, talkers. Um, the the truth the truth sayers, people who um, still have free thought. You know, they're not they're not going to read um, a script that was handed down to them from on high. Where who are those people? Uh, which ones? The people that are the, the that aren't going to read the script handed down from on high. That's you. Oh, that's the radio. I see. And and the people that are still talking, it's like um, it's like uh, the lawn is just freshly mowed, and now they're finding out which weeds are going to start popping up oh. and get higher than than all the rest. Because we're supposed to be silent right now. We're not supposed to. Um, it's not business as usual. Right. Unless we are, we're funded by the, the good people that wear dark suits. Right. And that's and the one thing and... that's the one thing nobody controls mutiny radio because no one gives us money so it's like you <laughs> you can't tell me what to say unless you give me money even if you give me money i probably won't say what you want me to say but maybe probably not yeah i mean we should we should be naming other um 
individuals, some uh, more uh, independent news places right. instead hey. of CBS, NBC, ABC. Um, and when I say NBC, I mean Universal Studios. Right. I mean Comcast. <laughs> so uh, KQED, I mean, they're kind of funded by bad people. But viewers like you as well. Well, I'm trying not to be, I mean, I'd love to be funded by somebody, but still we want to tell people what's really happening. Or, And that's the thing is none of us know what's going on. I. That's the thing that scares me the most is that we're all just supposed to keep quiet, but we don't know what's going on. But just toe the line and we're all going to be safe because this is America, right? But then if you say mm-hmm. that New York is starting to do the ML, which is super scary, we've LA and us have to be next, right? Like we're the biggest cities with the loudest voices. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they want to silence. But if it was if it was some kind of I mean, I guess isn't every vi- virus a biological weapon? It just it's the earth's biological weapon unless it was a man-made kind of thing, which in that case Boy, ooh-wee, do I want to know that, that they, you won't be able to hear him. Are there any cases, I can hear, but are there any cases uh, of the coronavirus in Russia? or? Well, there's the map, there's the live map that people can look at, and it's like made by some 17-year-old kid, and it says live, uh, Corona 2019. We had it up for a while, but you can see there's a map all over the world, like how many cases there are, what countries, how many of so it's all being updated by the minute. But that's Just with the information that they're giving us. We don't know if that information is true or not. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. who knows? Who knows what anything means? I mean, yeah. So that's the truth. What is the truth? Well, we'll see. I mean, how long will they let – I mean, will I get – It's that's the thing. I'm not getting any emails. Like my – I've never had this little interaction – with social media and my email ever. I'm always busier than this. And it's just like everything's silent. And I, I just, I feel like they're putting a squeeze on our feeds so that we only can see certain things and we're keeping really insular, not just like us, yeah. right, it, it, with our houses, but us also but like internet wise. Right Wait, say that again, what? I'm not supposed to know everything right now. Uh, as long as we're disrupted, uh, none of us can focus on what we really need to do. Well, what and then what is that? <laughs> we don't know. Well, this this should have been happening like two years ago, but we should all have taken to the streets and uh, revolted. This uh, how how can people who who uh, just make phone calls and move things around and have people do things. Move memos. How are yeah. they, uh, how are job creators, um, how are they safe during all this? And the people who brought them their wealth, people who plowed the fields for them, people who paint back them, why are they suffering in the street, right. you know? Sure. 
Well, it's... So, uh, eat the rich, because <laughs> they, they haven't been looking out for us ever. Uh, there may be one or two good, quote-unquote, billionaires, but for the most part, if you got there, you, you did some underhanded stuff. Well, if somebody earns a dollar they didn't work for, that means somebody didn't earn the dollar they did work for. <laughs> Some, you know, the work the work is still being done. The question is who you know who is getting who is getting paid for it, who's getting the benefit, and um, I just I, I I don't I don't know what's going to happen. What what they're gonna they're trying to keep us all quiet and in our houses and why and. What happens when we get back to normal? What is normal? Like, there's not gonna be a normal after this. Yeah. So you think this is like the new world order? This is the first step to keep us separated because we now anybody who does take to the streets is anti-American because how dare you endanger everybody? How dare you endanger That's anybody it. by being in a group? Do you know? Like. Because we've mm-hmm. all agreed and decided that this this is what has to happen. People can't be together. Is that, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, out there conspiracy, but I can still kind of see the big picture of how that it, might be it. They got us so wound up that they have um, someone using their liberties as a criminal someone who's advocating for uh, the justice of some political prisoner is is inciting um, treason, oh, you know? yeah. I'm burning this flag. I bought this flag. It's my property. It's, yeah, it's of the country that I live in, um, but... It's my property, and it's freedom of expression, and you're telling me that I'm un-American for asserting my American rights? Well, that's and that's what happens. That's a slippery slope. That's what happens every time anybody protests our involvement overseas. Is they say you're anti-American. How dare you not support the troops? And it's like, you know, I do support the troops. I say, hey, if you're going to work for the government, I hope you don't have to die for it. Like, why why don't we have – I don't understand mm-hmm. why our armies, instead of, like, going over and killing people, we don't, like, have armies of farmers and armies of carpenters and armies of – do you know? Like, why would we – I don't understand why the, like the military is just a socialist organization, but why can't we, instead of having it be to kill other people, to like build mm-hmm. up what we already have? I don't know. I'm just a crazy, so I'm just a crazy Marxist though. Whatever. Also, when I say black lives matter, they think, oh, so only black lives matter. No, that's not, that's not it at all. It's, Black Lives Matter also. Right. As well. As well uh, as. Yeah. Just say, um, if you're not on my side, then you're against me. No. There's there's a lot of points on this uh, river bank. Yeah. Okay? You can have this one. You can have that one. I don't care. We're not fighting. Oh, uh, no. You got to. Come on. Throw a punch, man. Throw a punch. I mean, 
I think they're trying to, well, they're trying to incite us and not incite us. They're like, you can't be incited because if you are, now you're going against it. Or, uh, I don't know what to do anymore, Pancake. So you're, you're locked they in. They couldn't stop all of us. What they about all of us? They couldn't have stopped all of us. But they had to put this sickness in and disrupt the normal flow of information that would be um, uh, filtered through regular people. Yeah. And and there, there's no one going from one side of town to the next to let people know, oh, you know, I just had this whole day, and this is what I learned. This is how, yeah. what I heard and this is what I read today. And how, what did you hear today? Oh, okay, let's make a podcast and inform 30,000 people who have a, a larger base. The, the confusion here is unprecedented. And every time the news talks about this, it's, this is unprecedented. Right. And, and so at this point, we should only be listening to and following to the letter any instructions that were given from the proper authorities. Right. Oh, I'm getting scared, Pancake. Getting yeah. scared. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I, I mean, it's, I want to go home and hide under the covers now. Oh, everything's falling apart. They're lying to us. Nothing is real. They're keeping everything is silent. Is it too late to organize? Is it too late to get another I don't, but that's occupy? the thing is I'm not going to organize. I don't want to get in trouble. They're going to come in with like, they've said groups of 10 or more. I'm fucking afraid. I'm not going to like. You know what, Pam? I'm looking at a portrait of Martin Luther King Jr. right now. Hmm. He's, a, he's a photo on the wall at uh, the house of the guy that I take care of. And MLK Jr. was arrested how many times? Right. And he got what done? He, he achieved what? Yeah. I mean, not in his lifetime, but... But I think also that that's one of the things that... I don't know if they've trained it out of... Okay, remember like in World War II... Everyone was like, we're fighting the Nazis. I'm going to join the army. Now we've got this whole group of kids and of people that are like, I ain't fighting for shit. Like, I don't want to fight anything. And so, you know, how do they control us if they don't have us fight this other power? Or, like, what happens when we do all recognize that everyone is people and we can't subjugate one another for gain? Like, well, they have drones. Drones. Yeah, I mean, can can they keep us happy with bread and circus? Like, I, is this the new Matrix where instead of instead of being in little pods where they're sucking all of our blood and our energy, we're just in our little tiny homes, and we're sucking energy out of the grid, and we're, you know, pay pay paying into the system that keeps the system going. And can they keep us happy with that? Like, I guess some of us. They don't need they don't need the audience. Like I said this week, the the orchestra does not need an audience to listen to it. Uh, 
there's that conductor, the people that, that did all this, the cabal, and then they have their willing subjects. They have, uh, 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 oh, um, hang on, Cypher from The Matrix 1. Oh, right, Cypher, who, he was the bad guy. Who wanted to turn back. Yeah, yeah. Joe Pantaleone. And I remember that very clearly. He was like eating the steak, and he's like, "This is great. This is this is it. I can have this all the time." Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. pull the wool over my eyes. It's better. Would you rather serve in heaven or be uh, a general in Satan's army? <laughs> Well, I see everything in black and white. No, I, I mean, oh, I just want to, actually, I really like the ignorance. I prefer to, it's so much nicer to be dumb and to live in a reality that I believe in that isn't real. And I know, I know, so there are so many choices and things happening in my life right now that I know are, I've, I have made up things in my head and they do not jive with reality. And I prefer to believe in the fantasy when I know, I know everything's falling apart. And I know, yeah, on many, on many levels of my life. But I, I choose to believe the fantasy because it's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> when you walk into Disneyland, there are storefronts on the bottom and then... As you look higher on those buildings, you see maybe a silhouette of, uh, of a person or uh, you see lights turning on and off like there's a, there's a TV on in there. But there's no one living on the second story. There's, no, uh, there's nothing above these storefronts in Disneyland. And we're all living in Disneyland every sure. day. Yeah, the, the man, the little man behind the curtain. Yeah. It's, um... it, it, oh, Pam, the artists have been talking to us throughout the ages, warning us of events like this, where we are... Um, we either do what we're told or we disappear. Right. And that's like the easiest thing for our families to think about, that we just disappear. But they have no idea what happened. I don't want to disappear. They're not going to know. No one's going to know. Mm. And, and uh, what were we talking about yesterday? How um, the... The uh, there was an old woman, and she was talking about being walked to the gas chambers, and how the flowers on the walls were so pretty. Uh, was that with you? Was that completely alone? No, that was. I don't uh, remember that at all. I must have either. I checked out. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember any Nazi gas chamber talk. The only the only Nazi oven gas chamber talk has been me talking about my bread, my bread joke. That bread is some Nazi <laughs> shit. That's the only. No, I I didn't. Um, I I don't know who you were talking there, to. There was a um. A podcast. I don't know what I was listening to or watching, 
but there was an old woman, and she was telling the story of um, living in concentration camps and how uh, the doorway to the gas chamber had something written above it in Yiddish. It said, um, uh, a righteous man, um, uh, penitent man, uh, not something something along those lines, but like you'll be anointed just by walking through this doorway. And the, there were flowers on the walls and they were the most beautiful flowers they'd ever seen. Um, and that was like uh, a friendly breathing into a death trap. Right. But she didn't go to the death trap. How did she get out of it? Um, well, she must have been rescued by the Allies. That's crazy, though. That she was being the, walked in. Walked into the... Oh, I can't even imagine being... I can't imagine being in a group full of people and they just take all your clothes and they shuffle you into this place and you all die. I mean, oh my God. What a nightmare. I mean, oh, I just can't even... Ugh. But are they are they doing that to us now without us knowing? I always thought because of... These were thoughts I had before. I was always saying, oh, um, 45, I don't like to say his name, but 45 has... There's a lot of things that are reminiscent of, of Hitler and the whatnot. Um, and that there were Germans that weren't Nazis. Like there were, not all Germans were Nazis. All Nazis were German, but not all Germans mm. were Nazis in that there was like 90% of the German people that were just fucking people, right? Just being Germans or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, what is happening? People are being ga- killed, gassed. This is real, and they're probably sitting there going like, "This is this isn't real. This is real." And there would, of course, be crazy cognitive dissonance between, "I was living my life as a German, and I thought everything was cool, and then all of a sudden everyone's rounded up, and now everyone's dying, and where did they go, and uh, all this stuff," and that there's a similar. I mean, with 45 and what he was doing with immigrants, and I felt like this whole virus thing was maybe a ploy to pass some really like jingoistic uh, immigration laws and like really try to isolate us and close us off from the rest of the world. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That. Well, he was reading his books. He was reading his speeches. Um, 45 was. Was, um, he has a book. He wrote a book. Was reading the, was reading the speeches of Hitler. Oh. Before in the uh, uh, election of 2016. Wow. Well. And and there's nothing in, I mean, maybe there is something inherently wrong with that, but, I mean. If I had the same shoe brand as Hitler or I used the same hair product as Hitler, that doesn't make me a bad guy. <laughs> but when I start talking like him, then right. maybe we can start questioning. Right, fascism. And that's what's, I mean, and that's, is this, is this all just a ploy to be able to unleash some quiet fascism? Like that we're actually... 
the, the, the big, this big silent hand doesn't have to do a lot if we believe it and we do the work for the hand. So like if we continue mm-hmm. shaming each other for, you know, having like right now there's only three of us here uh, in the studio and that's okay, I guess, under the rules. And, you know, if you see 10 people go into a building, do you, do you what, publicly shame them now? It's like, why are you, why are you meeting together? You can't meet together. Is this going to be like the, the old churches of yore? Like when, you know, Christians were being punished and had to meet in secret because they were worried they were going to be persecuted and put into gulags or whatever? Yeah. The communicators. I I saw people on the street and I say, you're breaking quarantine. You're breaking quarantine. And I give them a big smile. Oh, I no. see. You were joking. You're breaking quarantine. Yeah. Well, I'm... Hey, you guys are holding hands. Right? Yeah, you why two, would you? You just came back from um, Baja, California. <laughs> it's spring break, I know, but... Yeah. So, uh, levity during these times of um, yeah. extreme stress. Sure. But also... This is, these are dark times. Well, and... We don't know what to trust, who to trust. You know what, though? I was having a really good day, but now the sun went down, and I actually feel like it's scarier and it's dark times. Like, during the day-to-day, it was really nice. I was sitting outside reading my book in the sunshine on my chair, like, listening to JW play piano, and it was so nice. And I was just like, you know what? This ain't so bad. And I was just kind of chilling, and people were walking by, and, and I felt pretty good about it, you know? And then the yeah. sun has gone down, and I'm, like, legitimately scared again, where I'm like, I feel like I need to go home and hide, and, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and I, you know, I don't know. I've just, I just had, you know, like, my fourth sip of wine. Get, Wait, what was that? You're probably going to get Gavin Newsom to uh, come visit you, knock on the door in the middle of a, a session. Oh, I love me and... some Gavin Newsom. Oh, come over, Gavi. Love that guy. I buy a used car from him right now. Just come over with that hair and let me touch it. Let me touch that hair. I bet it doesn't even Man. move when you touch it. It doesn't even move. Nick, you can blow you know on why it. why the Hitler youth were so, like, oh, my gosh. I could date a Hitler youth? Yeah. Oh my God. You see how like pretty they are? Like they're on the cover of a magazine. Well, you know, they're I so got a thing for blondes. Blonde all those hair. little Nazis. Bring them on. Damn. <sighs> a a joke can only go so far. Uh, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> when he's when not, did you decide that? <laughs> when did you? He's faking it. What's happening? He's, uh, Gavin Newsom is faking whatever um, human qualities. I believe in Gavin. I'm has. sorry. I still like him. I, I've always liked him. I've always liked him. Him? And how did you feel about uh, the honorable mayor, Ed Lee? How do I feel? Oh, no. I never liked Ed Lee because he made a statement in, I think it was 2012, where he said, don't move to San Francisco unless you make $80,000. He was like, we don't want you. Don't come here. There's no reason for you to be here unless you make $80,000. Huh? 
And if you didn't say that, or you didn't know that... And, well, no, there were a, a bunch of things that I didn't like about Ed Lee. There were a bunch of things I did like that in the 70s and 80s, he was like a real... He was into helping the communities and all of that. And then he just turned coat when the, he became mayor and started giving money to large corporations and selling us out and, and not having enough Section 8 housing and not having enough affordable housing and just saying like, yeah, build, 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 great, give us money, sure, come on in, Twitter, don't give us any money, that's fine, hey, 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 you just, you, you raise those rents in San Francisco, you bring those people here, great, 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 and they really didn't put any caps on the kind of it's, you know, San Francisco used to be a place for artists and everybody moved here because it was fucking cool. And that was one of the draws of being a techie in San Francisco is like, wow, all this awesome, this bar culture and these fucking sluts, man. Like, you know, it's like San Francisco, there's artists everywhere and it's just a fun, you don't have to grow up here and you party, hit the end up, man. And like all that shit and all that, like San Francisco has been built up for years as a super fun place. And you ha- you have to have the artists to have that. And now that they've sort of culled everybody and it's just a bunch of fucking techie douchewads. <laughs> and then they shut down all the all the artistic people and go, shh, 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 hey, artists, fuck you, all right? And go to your homes and don't be... Uh, so, anyways, that's... Uh, don't be so weird. Stop piercing yourself. There's... I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Um, but we used to be cool and now... And now we're not allowed to be cool anymore. So I don't know. We just got to all I, entertain. If we separate people from entertainment and groups. And it's just, it's like, it's like they're saying the iPhone wasn't good enough. We need to distance ourselves farther. And it's like, I don't know. I'm going to just. I, scary times. Scary times. Scary times. We need to go back outside and meditate. <laughs> I mean, who's it's meditating in the middle of all this? I'm, I'm thinking I, a I've lot. I've been meaning to ask. I've been thinking a lot, like just silently thinking. Oh. Jonathan has a comment. What's happening in the churches right now? There is no church. They're not no, allowed to gather. I know they're not allowed to gather, but what are they? What are they? What do they say right before? What you know? They're doing their little internet churches and stuff like that nowadays. Are they the saying thoughts and prayers as usual? But all, are they saying this is end times right now? This is the end times, and uh, just pray for our brethren that are going to go to hell. Or I mean, wh- what what's what do you think is happening? In, I mean, obviously well, none of us churches. know. So that's the thing is that we're just we're just spreading hyperbole because we have no idea. Have you been to a church? No, Have you been to a church pancake? A long time ago. I mean, no. No, I don't know. But I know JWs always have a virtual uh, meeting, like once a week at least. Wow. What's a JW? Uh, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, Jehovah's Witness. Thank you. I didn't know what a Jehovah's Witness. I didn't know a JW. I didn't understand that term. But I... If everybody's torn asunder, I'm sure that they're all still praying to Jesus. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I would like to have a cigarette, so I'm going to turn some music on, Pancake. Uh, you're welcome to okay. call back if you want. Or stay on I'll and be listen listening. to... You could stay and listen to music. I just need a song break and to not... <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm honestly starting to like feel like freaked out, so... 
that I don't, and I don't like that feeling. So I want to have a cigarette and, uh, but I'll be here My till 10. Point was oh, go ahead. With, with Gavin Newsom though, was, um, you know, if I, if I was really into Pamela Anderson and then the next day I'm having a garage sale and Pamela Anderson comes up and she says, I'm shutting you down and I'm your favorite person. And this was supposed to, um, de-stress you while I, while I take everything from you. Oh, I see. Yes. Pamela Anderson stands in front of you and, and, and runs in slow motion, just like you always wanted her to toward you on a loop (laughs) so that you're confused. And so that yes, they can, so they Gavin can loot, for you. so they can loot your house while you're staring at, at Pamela Anderson running across the beach toward you with her arms outstretched, and you're like, "Oh, Pamela Anderson!" And at the same time, they're like taking all of your shit. Oh, I get it now. I Thank you. I it's um. I met David Hasselhoff. Oh, I love David Hasselhoff too. Oh my God, the Hoff. Oh, stop. He has had such <laughs> great work done. He was really great. Uh, the One of the last cameos I saw him in was a movie called Hop, which there are many reasons why I like this film. One, it has a great cameo with uh, with the Hoff. Two, it stars James Marston, and he is like one of my favorite people ever in the Westworld series. Uh, and three, there's a rabbit. There's an invisible rabbit. There's a bunny rabbit. It's it, not invisible. I mean, it's a cartoon, but... Played by Russell Brand, who can fuck himself. But, God damn it, that was a good movie. <laughs> Everybody, if you're looking for a deep... I mean, it's almost Easter time. Please, watch Hop. You will laugh and laugh. Uh, there was a small child I used to hang out with, and he loved that movie. And I had to watch it like 30 times. And the first four times, pile of dog shit. But after, when you get to that fifth time, it's like you're in. You're fucking in. It's a drumming bunny. It's a bunny that wants to be a drummer, and you're with him. And James Marston. Anyway. Okay, I'm going to play a song, Pancake. You're welcome to stay on if you okay. want. Or you're welcome to do whatever. Uh, but I'm um, going to play some music and have a seat. No, I'll, I'll hang up. Okay. But thanks, man. Thanks so much for calling. I missed you today. Okay, bye, Pancake. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. Okay, here we go. Music.
Live on the air. Hello. Oh, you hung up. Never mind. Mora, they caught. They hung up at Mutiny Radio. They didn't want to be online. Maybe they just want to talk to me. Oh, okay. Here's another uh, Violent Femme song.
I gotta get something to somebody, something to somebody made me feel less, less, less lonely, lonely, lonely. I know I can do it. got an army we'll teach you how to act like a man have we got an army let me tell you we can fight have we got an army and we're gonna do it tonight we're gonna
was the Violent Femmes singing Confessions. And wow, <laughs> I got reason to worry. This is The Feeders, 1984. Yes, who is this? This is this is the Q Man. The Q Man. Yeah, no, it's Kevin. Kevin Kevin Quigley. Oh, it's yeah, Quigley. I call myself oh, the Q Man. Literally no one calls me that except for me. Quigley. What a pleasure. Uh, I know how... I'm here to hog this the, the airtime. Please, for the love of God, thank God that you're What's going here. on? It's only it's already midnight here, but I you know I had nothing to do, so I have no concept of when I'm supposed to go to bed. That's perfect. I'm so glad that you called in. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, radio listening audience, this is Kevin N. Quigley out of Boston, Massachusetts. Very. How many miles did you run today? Uh, I didn't run today. Yesterday I did nine. Oh, Wait, okay, right. No. Nine Was yesterday. yesterday? No, I actually did the day I called you guys. I did nine. I didn't run, but we did a bunch of push-ups and, you know, it's. It's chaos out there. Oh, it's yeah. actually really nice today. I was on my porch for a bit. Let's see if it's still nice. Yeah, I was, I was um, out reading a book in the sunshine. It was good. Yeah, so uh, I, I I went through five days of my entire company being remote, mm. which is not fully operates. Uh, it's it's going to break down. Everything's going to break down. You know, <laughs> we're all remote. So we're only communicating in the Slack channels, like, you know, necessary communications. Uh, So we're kind of missing out on the fact that people are in their own respective houses, you know, about 100 people at this company. And, you know, I can't be the only one who's freaking the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking the fuck out. Coming up with weird conspiracy theories. (laughs) I'm coming up. I mean, I think I might be more extreme than anyone else. They seem... I don't know. It's, I they, don't they know. Seem like they're all just more well adjusted than I am in general. But we've we've got some we've got some pretty we've got some pretty deep conspiracy theories out here about what's going on and that the the last one pancake just told us he was like this is it was a it was a virus that it's this is a this is a weapon of uh, bio warfare that was released in the wrong place and now I they're... would buy the the well the Chinese are saying that the U S military created this I think they walked it back they came out and said that and I think they walked it back uh, it would it, it, it you know I wouldn't put it past the U.S. to have tried to deploy a weapon in China that accidentally made it all the way back to Europe and, you know, yeah. Europe and then the United States. But then why would, uh, why do we want to murder so many Chinese people? Um, 
Yeah, well, it also doesn't make much sense because none of it is good for the economy. Right. You know? Not just not just the the working from home in the U.S., but even even if it somehow never reached the U.S., cutting off all trade with China, and you know indefinitely until they can cure there, you know. Sure. Uh, and I I doubt we we stand to gain anything from culling the Chinese population. So I I don't know that the, my my theory on it being a chemical weapon, a bio weapon though, is though there's the one thing that doesn't make sense to me. So we're calling this you know a random. You know, as we know, viruses evolve very fast. Uh, so we're calling this just a virus that evolved to be able to spread. Okay, so I got that. I got that. Uh, but here's the thing. Since the 1970s, global air travel has been, you know, pretty much a thing. You've basically, since the 1970s, maybe a little bit earlier, you've been able to buy a ticket, get on a plane, and, you know, go wherever. Colombia, uh, sure. You can go to India. You can go to Colombia. Yeah. Just go to, hey, Australia. Woo! From any of those places, you can pretty much go to any place. Uh, so how come, is it just luck that we survived about, you know, 50, 60 years of this existing without a virus, you know, taking over the entire world? Sure. Like, is it just luck that we managed to go that long without this kind of thing? Or was it something that, like, wouldn't exist in nature and it would have had to be engineered? I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, I would also note that it seems convenient that we managed to go all this time, and when this thing finally does hit, we reached a point where a large percentage of the global population is still able to work. Ah, because what if this hit in the 80s, where right. the only people who could work from home had, like, the fucking war games sure. set up? Bah, 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 dun, so, you know, dun, like, dun, less dun, than dun, 1% dun, of people could work dun, from home dun, back dun, then. Dun, dun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would have, I mean, you think the economy is doing bad now. Imagine what it would have been like back then. Sure. Barely anyone could work. Well, and if you think about it, this is, time is just a drop in the bucket. It's, we've only been, I mean, we've only been able to fly for the last, what, 120 years well, but yeah. that's not I'm talking you, like I'm talking like any Joe Schmo could buy a ticket and get on a plane. Oh not, yeah, not yeah. the not starting with the Wright brothers. Sure, sure, sure. But still, if you think about time and the Earth, and it's just a drop in the but 1970 to now is like the same amount of time. Like even 1900 to now, in the history of the Earth is nothing. It's nothing. A hundred yeah. years is barely anything. So. And I guess arguably, if the plague that you know the plague the middle the medieval plague if. If there were airplanes back then, that shit probably would have been all around the world. Right. Well, and <laughs> there's poop everywhere. I mean, yeah. Well, it did affect multiple regions because you know they were trading. I think it came from the rats that were on the boat. The rats, if I recall correctly. And the rats will be on ships, and then they move from place to place. Ha ha. And they run up yeah. when you dock, and they run off, and they get to the ground. And the rat, the rat bit some dude, and then like you know, he gave his neighborhood the plague. And next thing you know, one third of the population died. One third of the population. Can you imagine? I yeah. mean, yeah, you well, the, uh, the population was significantly lower back then, but still, sure. the the idea of one third of the population dying with the amount of people we have now, oh, that well, would just be horrible. There are three would people. Be the worst. There are three of so us in bad. this room right now, and that means that one out of the three of us in this room would be dead, which is crazy because that's one out of every three people. I mean, ostensibly. Who's yeah. in the room with you? Who's who's there today? Uh, we've got Jonathan and Chris New City in the house. 
Uh, neither one I don't know. Which... Did I meet those guys? No. Well, What's you met. That? You probably met Jonathan. Yeah, I met you uh, once. During quick, the... Quickly. Uh, they're not comics. They're just regular people. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was people. the door guy. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember you. And we got uh, we got Jonathan and who else? Chris New City. He's uh, a good buddy, a buddy of ours from Benders. So for for us, it's been difficult because we have he, because Chris is going to be the one who dies. But we it's it's difficult for us because we we are always at Benders, this bar, and there's the back patio, and we're like the patio people, and so. You know, when 33% of your time is the community that's at one bar and you shut down all of the bars in San Francisco, for us it's really hard because there's this huge bar culture and all of us are out of work and no one can see each other. So people are meeting in like parks and having beers in parks together because we don't have, you know, San Francisco, we have really small houses so you don't have a living room and you just go to the bar as your living room and that's where you meet your friends and suddenly we don't I mean, have that. For me, it's like, uh, you know, for me, it's like I feel like an asshole because I'm one of the lucky people who didn't lose his job over this. And yeah. I think, you know, I can't focus in my work from home quarantine because I'm such bad ADD that I think I'm fucking going to lose my job over this. And then I'll be <laughs> the fucking asshole who just lost his job the regular way. But, you know, I was on a, you know, I don't, it was a, I was put on a personal improvement plan because, like, over the summer, I just kind of checked out and mm. wasn't get, being very productive. So at the beginning of the new year, we said, all right, we're putting me on a personal improvement plan. I was meeting the goals, and all of a sudden, everyone works from home. Right. I can't fucking get shit done. Well, and, I understand You know, that. it's extenuating circumstances, but it's not looking good for me continuing to be employed, I'll be honest. Well, I mean, you got to um... – set strange small goals for yourself like every 20 minutes get up and walk around and yeah go back the pomodoro and... that's the big thing the, when you're trying to just sit down and do focus work on a laptop you get sure. the pomodoro oh no i've been i've been having the same problem in that all week i'm supposed to be updating the website and doing all these things which i could easily be doing from home but instead i'm like mutiny radio is essential media i need to be here being live on air so it's a weird well, that's like good selfish... that you guys you know the national guard hasn't come in to fucking shut you out of the station yet well it's so i looked i read the entire guidelines from the city i read them cover to cover all the fine print everything and People who have essential jobs are allowed to stay working, and Mutiny Radio is a radio station, and radio is under media, and media is considered essential, and therefore... Oh, really? Therefore, I can legally Only have in California a, would they consider media essential. Right. Well, and especially in San well, Francisco. Well, I guess, yeah, they can't, because if, if they shut you down, then in theory, they have to shut down, like, the actual, you know, Channel 5 news or sure. whatever. Yeah. So I guess you get in grandfathered in like that it's exciting to be under the auspices of real things but i mean it it gives me the opportunity to have people call in from wherever and speak their truth and there's i mean no one really knows what's going on right now and that and the information they dole out is in such small bits and we watched the the mark zuckerberg thing yesterday and my god he i've never seen him look more on the spectrum he just looked like i don't know he was he was pretty fucking out of it when he spoke to congress and they like asked him questions which like he easily could have had prepared if he did any i feel like he was so cocky that when he did the congress he just walked in and i don't know i didn't see, i saw that he was going live with uh didn't he go live with fauci fauci however you yes call it? he went live with the yeah, i didn't watch that yeah we, we we watched it for a while until we couldn't anymore and then we just 
every five seconds it would update so we'd get to see the ridiculous looks on his face. It was yeah. like someone was standing on the side being like, don't look scared. Okay, look. No, you're not looking happy. Don't look happy. Okay. And it was just like this. There was just an expert. He looked like he'd just bathed in Purell and shaved off his eyebrows, and he was just slick, you know, like well, slick can, and can clean. Can you believe that a couple of years ago people were saying he was going to run for president? He, he still could. Now, he still could, but like he's he got he got his he went into Congress and people like AOC and a couple of other you know less celebrity people of Congress they just wiped the floor with him. <laughs> and like hey, as soon as he announces his presidential bid, you're just gonna get all these clips. Facebook is not. I mean, all the scandals they've gone through, Cambridge Analytica yeah, ties yeah. to the Trump campaign. Like sure. that's one of their fact checkers is the Daily Caller. I, yeah, which is a all right propaganda website, and that's Facebook's subcontracted fact checker. That's insane. It's like having yeah, bright. So that's part. one of the things AOC called him on about it, and then he. He just stuttered, and he said, whoa, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad. He didn't have a response. <laughs> no one – I mean <laughs> – I'm sorry. I just took a hit of weed. <laughs> Big old – this is not a corona cough. This is a – oof, that's, that's good weed cough. Sounds wet. Oof. Sounds like a wet cough. You good? No, it's good. Did you put Did you put a hash – he did put a hash on it and didn't warn me. Oh, he – So here's what – here's oof. one thing that gives me a little bit of hope. I mean amidst – the fact that we could be legitimately looking at a culling of the population. Uh, but this Fauci guy, he's old, so he gets this virus. He's probably fucking dead. Right. Uh, but he, is, you know, he'll be, a, if he does somehow get the virus, like they're definitely protecting him because he's one of the most valuable people in the White House now, much more valuable than any idiot politicians that are <laughs> running around. Uh, but no, I mean, this is a guy who started with George H.W. Bush and, you know, was there in the White House all throughout Clinton, uh, you know, Obama, George W. Bush, and now Trump. And he's seen SARS, Zika, uh, Ebola, uh, H1N1, which is actually kind of a big deal in the U.S. So he's our leading expert. And what happened apparently was he said this coronavirus is a big deal. Jared Kushner told Trump, don't do it. Trump listened to Kushner, and now there's – tension between Trump and Kushner. Thankfully, we're putting Fauci in the spotlight now. Now Mark Zuckerberg is doing a live stream with him. You know, a lot more people are knowing this guy's name. Yeah. Whereas, you know, again, this guy's been around for like 30 years. And uh, just now we're finally learning his name because this is a global crisis. So I think maybe we'll come out of this and we'll be putting not celebrity status, but we'll be turning to scientists in a, you know, way like we're going to listen to them oh like for global... like if there's a crisis we'll be retweeting the scientists we oh. won't be sharing an article how evangeline lily doesn't believe in shelter in place like... right it'll be like um that global warming is real and that we actually released this crazy virus because of the because it was entrapped in the fucking glaciers that we melted or whatever so that together science will prevail and all of the naysayers. That's the one good thing people have been talking about. It's only been a week since we've been, quote, shelter in place. The air quality in San Francisco is amazing right now. Like, Really? The difference probably between when you ran here two weeks ago and if you were to run today, just having fewer cars on the road for a fucking week has made a huge difference. 
I mean, I was, it was a clear sky day when I ran. It was pretty good. Because, you know, sometimes you go to the Golden Gate Bridge and, like, you can only see, like, a third of the bridge. Sure. I got a full, full clear view of the bridge. But not just clear, like, just the quality of the air yeah, okay. is nicer. Because I mean, I, no... I was, I was hallucinating because I was, I decided to run 14 miles when I was hungover. So oh. that was already a, that was already a disaster waiting to have Those fucking, they don't have, they don't make hills like that out here. Not in the city. You can go out into like, you know, you maybe 30 minutes away from the city, you can get some real hills. But they don't make fucking hills like that in the city. It's almost like, it's not, that's why there's so many video games that try to emulate San Francisco because it's just such a fun map to try to explore. Like, you know, if there were no traffic laws and you're in sure. kind of a Grand Theft Auto situation. Um, I used to run and I used to do things that were really physical, but the beauty of it here is that if you, you know, you know, because if you bring your heart rate above whatever for 20 minutes, you start burning fat. But the beauty is I, 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 the thing is that weed is fat soluble. So if you smoke as much weed as I do or eat enough and you work out for 20 minutes, you definitely start to hallucinate because your body starts burning fat and there's so much weed in my fat that I get high. It's really weird and wonderful. It just happens here in the city if you... I was more talking about uh, hallucinating because of like just dehydration oh, and okay. exhaustion. I well, mean, when you, run a mar- when you run a marathon, you basically have quasi-psychedelic sim- symptoms. You don't like straight up, you don't have like the visuals and stuff, but you get some of the mindset where you're just like gone. You're just like in something. And your body is just stuck in this very painful cyclical motion, and uh, your mind is is quite elsewhere. I, I think I, it's like a survival mechanism. Like you've already kind of decided that you're going to finish this race without stopping, so that your your body decides the only way we can actually get through this is to send the mind somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I, know, I, I, used, I used to run 10ks. I used to run 10ks competitively, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And you just did go. you run in college or you just, uh, you in, just in high school would sign up for the occasional ten so, k and so when I no I used to run them in in high school I won a couple of them because I was at the top of my age range so like I ran the two mile for track that was like my thing that was like my big event whatever and but I always trained on my own I started running ten k's when I was like in fifth sixth grade and then oh wow that's but, a little bit too young like you shouldn't no, be well, running that long no but my dad my dad always ran ten k's and there was a thing in Danville called the Devil Mountain Run and so. He always ran it every year, and it was one of those things growing up, like, when I was really little, I'd get to run with him, like, the last two miles, where we knew he'd run, and then I'd, I'd get with him, and I'd get to, like, run oh, as far as I could. Yeah, my and- my best friend Jess, who I run the marathon with, uh, when she was very, very young, she ran the last leg of the marathon, like, the final straightaway with her dad. So then when she ran her first marathon, she did a great side-by-side of her running the last leg with her dad and then a modern-day photo of her finishing the race and getting hugged by her dad. That's really sweet. Yeah, it was very sweet. But, you know, the marathon's not till September 14th this year, so it's going to be very weird to do. And honestly, one thing that didn't occur to me until now is that it's always in the spring. It'll be a beautiful fucking course to run in September when the leaves are starting to change and you're just getting basically 26 miles of New England autumn. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Maybe it'll yeah, be. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. I don't and know if you've ever been here. It's a very unique aesthetic in the autumn here. And I guess, I mean, it extends all the way down to like the Poconos and whatnot. But I've been there in August a couple times, but never. Yeah, well, August is more just like. It was hot. It's like <laughs> the pre-dying. It's like we're getting everything hot so that we can prepare it for dying. Yeah, I get to, I used to get September to go to September is when the leaves change. 
I used, to, the... I used to get to go to Boston because my friend's a dermatologist, and every year they have a thing somewhere, and I used to be her plus one, and I've got I've had the opportunity to go to Boston a couple times, and and then because I knew comics, I got to do like shows and stuff, and anyways, That's I've always had yeah, a good really, time out there. I forgot to ask you this when I was out there. Did, you, did a Josh Goldstein ever hit you up and you know try to get on your showcase? Oh, I don't remember. Probably maybe if anybody from he, out he of was... town, I always say oh, okay. yes. If, I don't know if he actually like follow. Like he was uh, following the the Dead End Company around California, so he like flew into L.A. and I think he took a bus or a train up to San Francisco and followed him there. And he was trying to get spots on the off nights. Yeah, any- and uh, you know I gave him I gave him Marty Cooney and I oh, gave him Marty's you, great. Thank and I you. said these these people will probably get you up if you're there on the right night. Well, and always tell people anyone from out of town. I always like they're like, ooh, let me. I'll send you my clip. I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna watch your clip. I'm just gonna put you up. If you're from out of town, like I've never heard your jokes. Chances are I'm gonna laugh. And if you fucking if you suck your butt off, like then you're the one who put yourself up and contacted me. I mean I'm fine. Like I don't know. I just anyone from out of town who ever wants time, I'm always just like a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, well, it's funny. We have this uh, one woman up here who is honestly one of the best comics in the city, and she runs uh, one of the oldest late night rooms. Uh, the Burren in Somerville. And, uh, Somerville. She, yeah, well, you know, nothing's open now. I'm here in Somerville on my beautiful porch looking at the casino that I'm so, the only bright side of this whole thing is that the casino in the neighborhood got shut down. <laughs> they were literally, this is how fucking crafty these guys are. Uh, right before Governor Baker is to, issued the shutdown, they were getting ready to thermometer every patron. So no. in order to enter the casino, you had to get your temperature taken, and if you uh, had over a hundred, they're like I don't know, calling FEMA or something. Wow! And you know they were getting all these thermometers ready, and then you know Baker called a shutdown, and that's about that. Yeah, uh, no. But this is a brand new <gasps> casino. It opened in like oh July, and fuck yeah! You keep bringing up things I've never thought of. So yesterday, Pancake brought up the concept of. What happens to the drug addicts when they're out of drugs? And I'm like, oh, I was fuck. thinking about that too. I've been talking about that with some people. Like, what happens if if you're on if you if you're on perks and you've been abusing them and you just got your prescription filled and you're already out of them? What the fuck do you do? Uh, but then gamblers, oh my god, there's no horse racing. There's oh, well, no... did you hear? There's an app now. You can bet on the weather and you can bet on oh, all like political stuff. Shut up. Of course, literally, they kept literally it going. the day after the NBA got canceled, they came out with an app because not just uh, casino gamblers, but people, people who are gambling addicts, a lot of them are betting on the NBA. Like we've all seen Uncut Gems. Of course, Gems. I movie. know. I can't. I just. I didn't even think about it. Like, what do the people gamble on? But there's always stuff to gamble on. Like, you could. Yeah. No, but I. I people weren't gambling oh. on the weather. wasn't that popular a few days ago, and now people are going to be fucking gambling on the weather. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but we were just having a discussion the other day that the government can control the weather. And like in Vietnam, they made it rain over the Ho Chi Minh Trail. They like seeded the clouds and made it rain. So that no, there aren't enough Jews in the government. <laughs> Whose joke is that? That's so funny. Is that your joke? That's my joke. Okay, that's good. Joke. I remembered. I was like, oh, that's a, that's such a good callback to your own joke. Uh, yeah. But that that's so funny because what if we what if the government can control the weather and then and and then we're betting on the weather? Do they they control everything? Oh. Well, the slogan for the app was uh, "Beat your meteorologist." 
which I thought I thought was pretty good. I mean, honestly, it's it's that's funny. Sometimes, sometimes I always go back and forth between things that are crazy opportunistic. Like sometimes it's like gratuitous, but other times it's just hilarious that someone thought of this and actually like pulled the trigger on it and yeah. like, you know. And when I say pulled the trigger, that they, they like had a graphic designer, they they had an engineer, and they they made all this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, maybe someone was maybe someone had already designed this app a while ago, and they were just waiting for a crisis. Well, you know, Marlboro has had all the packaging ready for the legalization of weed forever. Like they've yeah, had all of, of their boxes marketing the whole deal, so that you can just. I know, I've 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 heard that, I, and I think other. T- I mean, there's only like one or there's only like one or two other tobacco giants, but uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Well, and, and we, you know, we don't get don't to see that. what. We don't get to see what they'll roll out because for another, I think, two years, when California legalized it, there was a thing they put into place to give people who live here and who've been working in the industry a leg up. So there's no big business that's allowed to enter the market until five years. So, oh, that's good. That's that's really because in Massachusetts, it's uh, it's a corrupt Republican run shit show. Right. Uh, <laughs> we have the city of Boston only has one dispensary and they just issued a second license. And, you know, they're it's to two black guys. Uh, you know, they're trying to make that like a you know, thing right. uh, like, you know, good for them. They're they're running a dispensary. But uh, they're. We legalized marijuana on the exact same day. It was the no. It was the November 2016 election. The same day California legalized it. Yeah. And now you go to San Francisco, you can walk a couple of feet and find a pot store. You go to Massachusetts, you gotta get in a car. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, ridiculous. There Absolutely. should be a good amount of them, and they're. There's none in the city. There's one in the city, but it's not like in the downtown area. It's kind of off off on the outskirts in Brookline. And it's all because they, you know, there's corrupt Republicans trying to restrict the will of the voters. Our, our governor is a Republican. The mayor of Boston is a Republican. Uh, the voters in general are pretty liberal. Well, uh, they just, but, there's still a stigma on it that it's some crazy, it's the devil's cabbage and it makes you crazy. And, and, uh, and but also it goes against like regular commerce of medicine in that you can put someone on Prozac and they can never get off it and they have to buy it and buy it and buy it forever. Or there can be a natural antidepressant that happens when you use it and you can use it at your leisure and you don't have to have a two week, you know, fucking threshold in order to feel like a normal person. It takes, I don't know, two tokes and a and a little Bob Marley, and you feel good again. So I mean, to be uh, to be honest, I wouldn't go so far as to say that uh, if you if you're someone who responds well to SSRIs, then marijuana is a valid replacement for SSRIs. But yeah, <laughs> I do. You're paying. You're probably paying too much for those SSRIs, and your insurance company is probably, you know, paying too much for those SSRIs. But well, the thing that is fucked up is uh, part of the reason it's being so delayed in Massachusetts is because big tobacco is trying to get its its hands in the dough. Sure. Uh, I think they might have stopped that. I haven't. I I got so frustrated with how fucked up it was that I didn't really uh, follow up. But yeah. looks like they'll be opening more. It's not, I live I live uh, you know 200 feet away from a medical dispensary. But the medical dispensaries we all thought like oh a couple of months all of that because that's kind of what happened in California as many of the medical only places all of a sudden we're just selling recreational. Or they do uh, what they do is both. So what they were yeah. doing is that they made it recreational, but they had a separate room for medical. So that when they have their medical, you don't have to pay the ex the extra taxes. 
So that yeah. was like the deal is that if you were on the California list before it went legal and, and recreational, you can still get medical prices and not have to pay all the extra taxes. And a lot of places still do that. Yeah, well, the thing um, that uh, here, all these medical places were like ramping up inventory, kind of infrastructurally getting ready to support, uh, you know, having like three three or so times the number of customers per day. Yeah. And, you know, then they just didn't, they're not granting them licenses. And they're just waiting for the day when they can like open their doors and not have a medical guy checking cards at the door. Right. It just all you need um, is IDs. Like, are you over 21? Great. Yeah. Come when people in. try to say that Massachusetts is basically about as liberal as California, I always say, well, take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bernie Sanders didn't even win in Massachusetts, and Elizabeth Warren did horrible, and oh. that's her home state. Wow. Uh, so I don't know how liberal we really are if we, you know, most of the people here voted for Biden. Well... I, I think he has Alzheimer's at this point. <laughs> yeah, Alzheimer's dementia, something similar. I mean, it's just, it's really weird. The funny thing I noticed is about all these people sharing videos of him, like, groping people. It's mm. like he he has so many grope incidents that it's a lot like Trump, you know, Trump making wild claims. It's that, you know, Trump makes so many wild claims that there's a lot that just, like, don't, you know, don't make headlines because he just makes so many, not everyone can be a headline. And that's right. how I feel with Joe Biden is that he's just, he's groping people every five seconds. So only every now and then does one actually get the headline. Well, you know, and when I say headline, I mean like people sharing on social media in, the liberal media will never highlight his groping. In his defense, uh, in the, in the eighties and nineties, uh, we didn't have to ask consent to touch anybody. You could just touch people. <laughs> it wasn't a thing. Jonathan, you're out there. I think I got the right microphone. Oh, nope, that's it's not that one. Try again. Uh, Jonathan's out there trying to make a microphone work. They're they're all on. They should be up. I don't know why that one's not working. Oh, hello. Oh, well, um, did we just hear the beep beep? Let's see. I didn't. When it goes beep beep, that means that there's a, a caller on the up. Oh, yep. Yeah. Hey, Quiggles. You heard me, but you were breaking up. Quite uh, a bit so that, that beep beep means that there's another caller on the line. Thank you so much for calling from Boston. Right. Go to sleep. It's midnight 30 where you are. Yeah, I know. I'm, I still got people to touch base with. So yep. do your thing. Thank you so much. Touching base with people who are far away and might die. Well, thank you. Well, and we're going right. to, I'm going to be on tomorrow, two to two to six tomorrow. So call back tomorrow, two, two to six. six PST, I assume. Yeah. Uh, Pacific. Yeah. I'm, yeah. What, I don't right. know. I don't I'll, know. You're uh, weird. If I'm times. around, I'll, I'll try to give a buzz. Yeah. I hope that you, I'll have some new information. I hope that you run 15 miles tomorrow. That's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe eight. Eight. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. That was Kevin Quigley calling all the way from Boston. So he gave us the news that the Boston Marathon has been rescheduled to September 15th. So they're moving it to September. They get to run in the leaves. It's going to be beautiful and a super fun time. Do they have Indian summers like we do? Is it going to be They have hot? it better. It's going to be gorgeous. Better. All the leaves will be changing and falling. It'll be like, you know what it'll be like? It'll be like my favorite Stephen King story of all time, The Long Walk, which is like the second story he ever wrote or something. It's in the really old, old books. I believe it's in the Bachman books. And it's an amazing story about this incredible long walk that starts in Maine and it goes all the way down the eastern border. And there's a hundred people that start in every year. A hundred dudes, they're all men, uh, start walking. 
And they start the story and they're all walk, walk, walking. And then if you go under three miles an hour, is it under five miles an hour or under three? I don't remember. I think it's under five miles an hour. No, maybe it's three. I, it's I don't three. remember. So, is, you know, so it's under three miles fast. an hour. Yeah. If you go under three miles an hour, you get a warning. And then people start getting warnings and people start speeding up and they're walking, walking, walking. No one's sleeping. You're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed to stop. You have to keep walking. And then all of a sudden someone gets a third warning and this, uh, this Jeep pulls up and shoots the guy in the head. And then you realize as you're going through that the hundred men walking, that the one walker at the end wins this big prize where their family get lives forever and they get money forever and everybody has money and fame and it's amazing forever. And as they're walking through these towns, there's like people cheering and like one of the guys makes out with a girl and he, he gets a warning for it and he's like, oh, but it was worth it. And one of them gets a blister and what's going to happen? And as you're going through this story and you continue <laughs> going through, people are getting shot in the fucking head if they go under three miles an hour and they're walking and walking and walking. And then it becomes, there are people who have been friends. They've all become friends and they're walking together and you're like, oh my God, Oh my God, these friends, they're all going to, someone's going to die. They're all going to, they know this. They know this going in. They know that there's only one winner out of the hundred and they're walking and walking and walking and they don't stop walking. And the story is so good. It's called The Long Walk. And it was Stephen King, I believe, wrote it in like, it was one of his, it might have been the second story he ever wrote. It's one of his first stories that was ever published. And it is so good. I like it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and it's one of the ones that affected me and you know in my youth because it's it's dystopian but it's still based it's almost like the running man before the running man like this was he wrote it before the running man obviously although the running man was another one of his earlier short stories but not as early as this one anyway st i love stephen king well I like was, i can't get enough right of him. at the beginning of that i started thinking about elevate that was that very short story that he wrote that it was yeah. like a very small novel. Right, uh, Elevate uh, yeah. just came out recently. Yeah, it was good. I thought that was a wonderful story, and it was uh, especially the end because I was like, "Wow, what's happening?" But well, I mean, everything was so normal throughout everything. So Stephen Not King, normal, he, Stephen King has a couple different modes he works in, but one of them is magical realism, and that one was super magical realism. Yeah. Like he, but even even in movies or even in movies, even in books like. Um, uh, one of my favorite ones that they turned into a, a, a dumb Netflix thing, but it wasn't bad, but it was still good. Uh, Mr. No, she's tied up to the bed, and it's... Uh, nope, she's tied up to the bed. With, she's, they're playing games, her and her husband, and they're up in Maine, and oh. it's done. It's fucking done. The season is done. And then he handcuffs her to the bed, and then he has a heart attack, but she kind of... In the book, she kicks him in the chest, and he has a heart attack because he's raping her, and she doesn't like it. Um, and he's a big fat old lawyer, but in the, in the movie, they make him like, kind of like good looking, but still real smarmy. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones by him and I see it in my head, but I can't Just recently watched it too. Yeah. Movie. It's, but it's the book is so good. I, I feel like a jerk that I can't remember, but it delves into magical realism at the end because you don't know Jake. if the guy is really there, the ghosty guy, or if he's really it's the same kind of idea as the girl who loved Tom Gordon where there's a bear that's following her, but it's also this like psychedelic bear because she's sick and you don't know what's going on. And, and that's the same thing with the other book is that she's losing blood and you don't know what's real and what's not. And, and it, everything gets funky, but it's still based in realism. 
anyways. I can't remember. I still can't remember what it's called. And I should know because the book is on my fucking shelf. And I see the whole... Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Both deep that cuts. That was in 92. 92. Great book. Great book. Uh, hey, everybody. You can't go to the library because it's closed. But please, in these times of need, read Stephen King. Such great stuff. Like... He is he's so prolific and so amazing. He's yeah, like you can get the modern e-book. day Shakespeare. You can do ebooks now however you do sure. it. You can uh, download it but uh, yeah. If, Stephen King is If great if you're going to if you want my book suggestions from Stephen King if you want to read some great stuff uh, top on the list the 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 one about uh, JFK the 112263. Boy oh boy oh boy is that a great one. Definitely sit down and read that. If you've got a lot of time, do That's it now. 2011. Al- also uh Another one that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorites is um, uh, Insomnia. Holy fuck. What a great undersung fucking Stephen King novel, Insomnia. Please read it. His his main characters are these old people, and you fucking love them. Like, I've never – oh, I – it's crazy. It's so good, and they can't sleep. And that's from 94. I love his stuff in the early 90s. So the stuff, my favorite time of Stephen King is after he got out of the cocaine, when he was done with it, after Tommyknockers, pile of dog shit. Don't read it. It's like 794 pages of why the fuck did he keep writing this? That was 1987. And, and where, 87. And where was his wife, Tabitha, on that one, Ugh. editor? How did you let that one happen? I mean, I really liked that the main, the protagonist was this drunk poet. And that was great, and I could totally relate to that. But then he got into this weird '50s like alien shit. It got so weird. The dark half was the dark half is great. That was great. That the was dark 89. half is so one it, of the it, it, right at the late so 80s. Good. Right at the end of the so '80s, good. he but got back into it because Dolores Claiborne is uh, Dolores Claiborne also great. And then he started mixing things together with yeah. like the time periods, and then with Rose Matter, and with the uh, desperation. The um, with the. Uh, he did the stuff with the the eclipse, and he he oh. put a bunch of his he put a bunch of his books together. And he also did that later with the Dark Tower series. He sort of put him he meta put himself in his own books, and he put other characters from other books in his books, and that was a lot of fun. Um, he's a he's he's a maverick. He's a genius. I think if the human species survives in the next two hundred years, that he'll be the Shakespeare of you know. People will be like, oh, Stephen King is like Shakespeare. I'm like, I know, I know, right? He was prolific as fuck. It just, they yeah. weren't plays. They were. But look at how, how many movies have been adapted from his. And his, so many of them are piles of dog shit. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Uh, look he up. There's a new book called If It Bleeds. Have you oh, I haven't heard of that. I got to read it. All right. I need it. If It Bleeds, I need it now. Yeah, I need it now. <laughs> I, I read Sleeping Beauties. I, I read know. Elevation. I've read it all, buddy. Give I me bet. more. Give me more. Is that is that? Are you sure that's not essential? Like, can we not go to like um, a bookstore? Or bookstore is essential? I don't know. What commerce is essential? Well, Amazon still exists because Jeff Bezos is God. So I'm sure that we can order it right now and have it delivered by drone to our house it's or right whatever. Here. Oh my God! Yeah. Don't 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 order it now. I have I have money on my eBay. I mean my my. Whatever. There's a PayPal. thing that has money. PayPal. There's a thing in the world that has money in it. Twenty minutes left here on the comedy clubhouse. I no, can, seriously. Like I can usually, order it I. Right now. No, don't order it right now. Yeah. I've got money on my PayPal. Let me buy. I can buy it for myself. 
when I want to read the book. But what if I want to read it first? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm eating Stephen King. If you guys, if you want to watch something that's super deep cuts, uh, Stephen King, that's an actual adaptation from his books to a movie that doesn't suck balls, Cat's Eye from 1984 or 5, I believe it's 1985. It was in a Drew Barrymore was in it. True, but it's in a trilogy, I believe. It's four movies all together. Yeah. It's four stories all together. The first three are from his books, the fourth of the little dumb tiny creature that the sucks called? the breath. It's called Cat's Eye. There's a little tiny little monster at the end that sucks your breath. That was not one of his stories. That didn't come from any of the books. But the first three did. It was Smoker's Inc., The Ledge, and there's one more that we're all from. Oh, Ledge that. was awesome. The Ledge is so good. So cool. It's a really great short story too. Pigeons feature in it, and it's and they are little fuck back. It is 1985. 1985. See, I knew it was 84. I was 85. born in 85. I love that movie. Drew Barrymore plays two different characters. Yep. She plays a child with special needs at the top in Smokers Inc., and, and she then she plays the cat's, the cat's friend. Friend, well, yeah, pretty much the. The eye. I mean, she controls the cat. Well, the, the cat controls her. I mean, it's an interesting story. Well, the cat's just a smart cat. It's just a nice orange cat. Also, 1922 was a good one. Remember, you read that to me right. when you we were writing to, or driving to Napa. Yeah, uh, 1922 was an excellent novella. I mean, it was not a short story because it was like 120-something pages. Mm. But wow, it was a really great one. Not a bad adaptation as well. Not a bad, exactly. I was but oh, uh, it was. I mean, let's try not to murder your loved ones uh, <laughs> in yeah. this time of rats, great desperation. Rats always come and do something. Well, and add you know a the bit the, of the interesting thing about that story it it was almost like it was almost like John Steinbeck's The Pearl, but a redone adaptation. But in the Written now, but set in the twenties. So, the heartbeat. What was that? Twelfth hour. Uh, the heartbeat. Oh, you're thinking of Ev Graham Poe, the yeah. the telltale heart Tell, that beats underneath the stairs. Similar, yes, similar because sure. he was freaking out. And Casca the Amontillado because he ghosts and he saw things. Sure, and it's like this is freaking me out, and it's yeah. like all because uh, I killed my wife and she's down in the well. Well, you know, don't tup her into the well with that snood on. <laughs> Watch out for that snood. The cow. We're almost we um, we're almost done. I know the cow and the rats and that. Please read the story. Uh, Stephen King is. Uh, if, if I could ever talk, here's here's some Apt of my pupil. here's some of the fun things I know about Stephen King. Oh, number one, uh, he runs two. He pays for two radio stations in Maine yeah. because, and I've read articles he's written saying. Hey, tax me more, American government. Tax me more. I'm a rich person. I don't get taxed enough, please. And because he's not taxed enough, he's a fucking philanthropist. And he has education for kids that want to do writing programs in Maine. And he owns two radio stations that he runs at a loss because you can't run a radio station for a gain. And he's just a good guy. And he writes fiction. And he's like was hit by a car and almost died. And his work... Like, went through a second incarnation after that. Like, anyways. And he went through that crazy first wave of good cocaine. Maybe yes. Maybe second wave, you know, like, he, he went, I mean, that's where a lot of his good writing, maybe some Maximum overdrive, yeah. not so good. <laughs> not so good. <laughs> Tommyknockers, pile of dog shit. But then after he came back out of it, which tells you, like, the triumph of the human spirit and that talent 
cannot be contained or diminished by rampant drug use. And he, you know, this motherfucker Stephen King. And now with his son who went on his own and was Joe Hill and now is himself Owen King and didn't rest on his father's laurels but made his own and then was like, hey, you know what? I'm sort of Stephen King's son. Sleeping Beauties. Sleeping Beauties was great. It was long and it had a billion characters and it was great. So go out and read that too. That's what I'm going to read next. Sleeping Beauties. It's right there on the shelf. Yep. It's really good. And they give you the character breakdown at at the beginning so you know who everybody is. I like those kind of books. It's bo- easy I, to lose yeah. track. Good. Well, I mean, it's, but you could always go back if you need to, if there's a breakdown right there and you know where it is. That's always easy to go. Yeah, back you go back to the front and you're like, oh, like, oh, here's oh, a cast guy, of characters. Yeah. I used to do that fun game with writers. We would, um, you write some, they write some, you go back and forth. I, it's and I like it. I like how that, that dynamic, that dynamic works because, I mean, it's, it's, you're not just getting one stream of consciousness but it's also well it's I mean if you have a person you can collaborate with it works out pretty well yeah well it can if they're on the exactly if they're on the same kind of wavelength and you're like this is exactly how this is gonna go and well there's like, oh I can r- add on to that I can do this there's a very easy parlor game for you to play with your friends a poetry parlor game called the exquisite corpse oh. and you write you take a piece of paper and you write two lines of poetry or text or whatever the fuck you want and then you fold the paper, and then you fold it so that one line you can see, the first line you cannot see, but the second line you can see. And then the next person writes two lines, and then they fold it so that you can only see the last line they wrote, and then you write two lines. And you go back and forth, and you basically create couplets, but you don't see the whole picture, and you only see half the picture. And it, it becomes, like, it's a very interesting writing experiment. And it can be really fun, especially if you're in a room with creative people, and you can play with more than just two people. You can go circularly if you have like six people in a circle. And someone writes two lines. They fold one. The next person reads that one line, writes two lines, folds one. The next person sees it. And so the first person and the last person never see. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. it's a fun little game. People are going to have to come up with parlor games again. since. Yeah, but that sounds like a fun thing to do. I mean, these yeah. kind of things that we're doing now at home, it's like, oh. Uh, regardless of the streaming and whatnot, let's just not watch anything. I mean, we can watch our cats. That's Scrabble. That's a thing. Scrabble, Scrabble is a thing. Scrabble is really fun. Oh, my goodness. Scrabble's I mean, a thing. I mean, it's also, it's fun. It's definitely fun. I mean, I'm not as competitive, so it's not as big of a deal. But when you get slaughtered, I mean, what, you have three, It's not, I, I did, I, I, I know, I, it was, it well, was it was, it was much. actually 330 to 257. You, you were at 255, but I was at 332, but you finished your tiles out, and I had to give you the points from the tiles, uh, which took me down to 330. I got rid of the Which Q. is a good, which is a, it's a, it's not a bad, it, oh, 330 isn't a bad score for a game. 330 isn't a bad score? I mean, no. we do the nine tiles. We do nine tiles. Yeah, people should know that we cheat. Well, um, three thirty is a high score, and Scrabble. It's pretty that's high score. Great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, but also, Pam doesn't just uh, put good words on the the board. She knows that board very well. I mean, it's she gets not all the fair three. to play me. I have dumb pieces of paper in my kitchen that say that I'm good with words. <laughs> I have all kinds of pieces of paper. Diplomas. I have all They're kinds of framed pieces of fancy paper in my kitchen that say that I am good with words. They're diplomas that shows, fancy pieces shows of paper. how much time and bah, you bah, went bah, through bah, bah. and got your master's. 
and you paid for it and you don't have any loans. Blah, 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 blah. I wish I had loans. Now that the world's falling apart, no one's going to have to pay anything back because money is useless and we finally all agreed to that as a group. Well, like, oh, can we get everything without hey, money? That, that, Great. Oh no! I we're gonna. I know we're all gonna have to pay rent. Well, uh, who knows know, what's I'm gonna already, happen? I, I'm getting there's the paper tonight at my door. There's I left my place. The guy was sitting there stapling the shit as it comes out. Of well, the I heard that no one can be evicted until the fifteenth or something, or yeah, something's happening. Evicted or not, you're still there's. You to, you're gonna have to pay it back. That's yeah, there's always. I mean, they're accruing money. They're saying you know, I don't. Nobody knows what's going to happen. No True. one knows what's going to happen. No one knows what systems were in place that might change. No one so knows what system of forgiveness might have to exist. How many people can be homeless? Like, why would we, why would we just have a bunch of empty buildings because people can't afford to pay for things? That doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. Give us a call. We got 10, 11 minutes left on this pododcast four one five 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 zero zero five one one We're live on the air mutinyradio.fm. You can give us a call. Why not? Um, I'm gonna play some music again and thanks if you were listening. that was cool and if you weren't, the podcast will still be there. and I think this is opera.
remember? Tell me all the things you forgot when I was your man. Hey, hey. When I was your man. If I was your best friend, would you let me? Sometime. Hello again. Get your mouth closer to the thing. You're far, too far away. How about now? Is that better? A little, but still not great. Where do you on speakerphone? 
You suck. Well, I have you attached to my headphones. I, I, I was walking, walking outside to smoke a joint. Well, that's nice, but still, you're super quiet. Super quiet? Yeah. I mean, I can hear him, but I'd like to hear him louder. All right, let's see what I can do about that. Okay. Hold on one second. There we go. Okay, there we go. Not better? Yeah, a little bit. Perfect. Yeah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Good. Haven't really. Uh, not not much has changed. What's new with you? I'm 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 drinking wine now. I feel a little better. I was having like Grant pancakes scared me. Pancakes said some really scary stuff, and I was like, and then the sun went down, and it was dark and scary, and pancakes said scary things, and I was like, oh no. I'm surprised pancakes said that. He's usually just such a ray of sunshine. I know, right? He really is. He's really just. He's my favorite Eeyore. Um, pin his he's tail so back. Bummed on. out all the time. Well, how how are uh so you're just you're walking outside you're maintaining your distance from your neighbors I am Good. I am I Good. got a uh I guess the upstairs neighbor that saw me in the gorilla costume last night maybe mentioned something to one of my roommates Oh no Oh no you got dry snitched on to your roommates who aren't even there and you're not supposed to be having people there and they're supposed to be disinfecting the toilet every time you sit on it or masturbate into it Yeah so I got dry snitched I got a passive aggressive <clears throat> Nathan I I I hope you're respect I trust you're respecting the no guest house rule mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. You know what's really cool about that house rule is that I had no say in it whatsoever and it was arbitrarily decided on by one person who pays mm-hmm. the same amount of rent as everybody else um, Nathan, I heard you had a really um, fun idea about sort of a an all night podcast pajama jammy jam kind of uh, safety six feet distance thing here at the station. Yeah, I think that sounds like it'd be a good idea. <laughs> an all nighter. 